All right, welcome to episode 136 of the Bobbycast with uh, my buddy John Party and uh, sponsors are Dollar Shave Club and LifeLock. And you, you good? I'm good. It's like every time we talk, we we talk about kind of human stuff. But I was like, hey, what's up, man? And you're like, ah, I've been painting all day. Painting, painting's not fun. Wait, but what are you painting? And I think most people would think that John Party guy with you know multiple smash country hits will be having someone paint for him at this point. I had somebody paint for me the last time, and uh, we did a better job. <laughs> yeah, with me and my dad. Well, but we we're painting the decks. Have three decks, and we just remodeled the house, so they were pretty trashed from foot, foot, you know, foot in and out, and and carrying stuff, and drywall, and white stuff, paint that just you know when they're fixing stuff up. So it looks great now. So you go back and forth to Home Depot. Lots of Home Depot trips and Lowe's. They know you when you walk in? Not by John Party, the artist, but by the guy who comes in a lot. They know me by both. Yeah? Mm-hmm. That's cool. Yeah. You always like places that you enjoy going to enjoy you being there. Yeah. Well, they always ask, you not done with your house yet, man? It's been a long time. I'm like, yeah, well. <laughs> it I- has been a long time. We were playing at the Bluebird, you and I. We put that charity mm-hmm. event. You're like, yeah, I've been, I, got, I got a dumpster out. We're tearing out the house. Still got the dumpster. Still, the dumps are still there? Yeah, it was kind of like, it's a three-story kind of cabin house that we started in the center of the house, and then we moved to basically just remodeling the whole thing, like new windows, new AC and heating, and, and sanding the floors, a new kitchen, knocked down three walls. You uh, like that? Do you like that? You like the house? Well, I didn't do, I, help, I helped, you know, get kind of plan it out, because I'm on the road a lot. If, I, if, if I could do it with my schedule, it'd be like four years. We'd still be talking about remodeling my house four years from now. But, uh, you know, I, I enjoy it. It's a good release from music. Uh, this whole week, I've kind of just not really done anything with music until, like today, I picked up a guitar, practicing a song. I got to play for AC Monitors. And and then we got the, the podcast and just kind of taking off tomorrow, go back on tour. But it's good to, like, do something like paint a deck that's just kind of satisfying you know you get a i hate painting walls that's not my thing it's just so like even like you you ever paint your house did a good job but like i did that you did that no, no <laughs> that'd be awesome like, oh yeah i'm a great painter. i'm the opposite when i could, I could hire someone to paint pfft, i never oh, painted I again i the, never painted again yeah i know i i messed up a lot of ceilings with my paint jobs but the deck was easy because it's it's kind of it's like well, it's more like sweeping, kind of mindless. Yeah, and you and you see like a a dirty go to like super clean. Yeah, you ever watch the stuff on Reddit where they? You ever, do you ever get on Reddit? Because they have they have a whole like subreddit of satisfying things, and it's yeah. exactly what you're talking about. Like they'll take a power washer mm-hmm. and, tss, and and power wash like a deck, and it goes from being disgusting, and you watch it tss, just get super clean. Mike, you ever see this? Yeah, that was yeah. A cool. That was a fun, huh? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, I power washed today too. Did you? The, the deck still looked like crap. After. Even after the power, yeah, that needed to be painted really bad. What are you playing at ACM Honors? Do you know? Can you say? I mean, it's not on TV or anything, I guess. Or are you supposed to be quiet about it? Um, I don't know. You okay, know, I don't, don't, don't say. It's a, it's a, a good buddy. I've been on tour with him, and I know his song means a lot to him. So I don't want to. Yeah, don't say then. ACM Honors. Are you honoring or are you being honored? I'm the ho- I'm a host. Oh, that's right. You and Lauren are hosting mm-hmm. it. How about that? Yeah, I'm excited. That'd be good. Been reading out loud a lot, trying, you, to, uh, trying to slow down my uh, pronunciation. Ah, you'd be good. I'm, I'm trying. You'd be you. Yeah, but you know, you got to read. I, I, I sure. try to practice reading out loud, you know, teleprompters and stuff. Do you do prompts? I'm going to ask you. Are you using a prompter? 
Probably, I imagine. Uh, so, are you doing any jokes? Uh, yes, but I uh, we usually don't write it, and we usually try to help them. It's like, I won't say that. I would never say that. Like, let's try to get something else, and it comes back. Okay, we'll say that's funny. We laugh, you know, kind of, kind of. We try to take if the, if it's cheesy, you know, we kind of try to make it a little more. Let's let, let's do something with this. So yeah. I try to be hands on. That's that's what I do. I mean, Mike D and I write. We both write and do stand up comedy, but then we also I'll do award shows and I'll mm-hmm. have writers come in, and we just sit in a room, and crank it out, and yeah. I go like, ah, I don't know. Even uh, some of the sketches we did, uh, I, I hosted them on Fox. The uh, I Heart Country special. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you go and you sit in a bus, you do all these jokes, and I go, I kind of get, get a little diva just because I would have, I'm like, I would never yeah. make this joke. And they're mm-hmm. like, come on. We my, can do something. It's better. my integrity, though. Who, who came up with the, the mini Bobby Bones? That was pretty good. That was not me. That's good. I, I wish I could take credit High for that. High five for that, though. Yeah, it was a great idea. And listen, I have no issue ever. I, it's like, I love great writers. Mm. I love working with great writers. I love when someone writes a joke that I use, you know, for these. Um, so, yeah, Little Bobby Bones was not me. Is one of the, if you're uh, that's why you got a good team of writers though where you can fantastic team you yeah. know you agree on things that you would we'd want to come up with you'd want to say and uh, that's why whenever we get to even like presentation pre- uh, whatever you know what I'm trying to say where you give a award to somebody but you you tell them a presentation uh, gotta work on that one <laughs> that word got him a few times that presentation uh, I'll word. Tell you some words I'll be like oh, um, um, um. but uh you know, just little things that we say. Oh, that I would say more like that. You know, and there's some there's some cheesy jokes. Well, uh, cheesy's good. Cheesy's good. Cheesy's but good. Then, if you don't, if you don't tell jokes all the time, cheesy's good. If I go out and throw out some real cheese balls, it's not good because I'm supposed to tell jokes. Yeah, you're supposed to be able to sing good mm. and be. You're funny. You're, you know, you're naturally a funny, warm guy to be around. Yeah, you got to be fun. Look warm. Just be warm. Well, this one was like bluegrass and was talking about weed and like I just did. I, oh, I, no, I, I get that. I, I wasn't like, ah, I don't know. That's not even that funny. Like, you know. <laughs> Didn't feel comfortable. There's I, a difference. No, I comfortable I, to you. I, I was, there's better high jokes. I mean, if we're going to get down to like comedy, but like, you you know, you're, you're, on, you're on CMT. I was like, nah, I don't know. Is it on CMT? That was when we did the, it was me and Hoda and we came back. We came back with like, they when they like really you know me and big words and it was they gave me this whole tongue twister and like just try to do this and it like i kind of ablib with it and it was really hard it was like seashores and seashells and all that and i'm like oh my god but it were it were it was really funny so let me tell you what song i really like i like this new one this night shift this is a good one man now whenever your record came out and i was listening to it this one stuck out to me early as like man this was a jam i like the record it's been out for a while at this point as we record this. What is today? Today is the August 15th. So mm-hmm. when, when, when did the record come out? June 16th. Is that right? It's been a year? 2016. Two years? Two years. you got to be kidding me. No, nah, it's been two I bet years. you're just craving something new, like a new record, huh? Yeah, we've been there. working on it. Well, this song's a jam, and we'll come back to that in a minute, but mm-hmm. I, I love this song. Thanks. Uh, yeah, turn it up a little bit. It's not a thing between you and me, and it feels so nice when you Is this the, uh, the fifth single from the yep. record? This is the last single off California Sunrise. Five singles, pretty good. It's been it's been a great record, and it's been a great time. It's brought me to a level I've never been before, and I'm very thankful for it. And uh, But we're moving on next year, and you know how it is with labels, man. And I was like, 
when's the next record? Can we get it out? They're like, August 2019. I'm like, oh, my God, really? Is August, that right? August? But that's, you know, we're gonna, our goal was to turn it in in January 2019, and then hopefully we get another June release or something. We, there's just a lot of people on Universal. There's a lot of yeah, cause a lot of people putting out rec- artists, I would say, putting out records. What that means is your record label, ha- they have a lot of people to put time and effort into investment, both mm-hmm. money, time, promotion. They can't just throw them all out Yeah, randomly. They're looking for the fair slot, basically. Wow. And, and it'd be almost three years. Yeah, it's but crazy. I'll say this, though. I know for you that it's felt like a long process because you were in on the creation of this mm-hmm. record. You were in on the curating of the tracks and what to put on, what to sing. You were in on the promotion. So it's probably felt much longer. For me, someone who actually enjoys the record, I'm surprised it's been out two years. And I, I've enjoyed the record since it came out. And I told you that when it came out. I said, yeah. wow, man, this thing sounds progressive, but still still uh, contemporary mm-hmm. country. It doesn't feel as tired as you probably feel of just playing the same songs. Well, I'm, we sorry, I'm not overdriving this. We... Uh, we get a lot of feedback, and it's not, I mean, of course fans want new music, but there's not, like, a super demand. Like, they're, like, still rocking, still rocking, you know, and a lot of fans were happy that Night Shift was going to be on the radio, and uh, it, when it comes on the radio, you know, it gives, it's, it's rocking, and it, it feels good, and I, I think it's got a good spot to have that kind of feel on the radio right now. I like it. I wouldn't say I did. I would just ignore it. If I didn't like it, I'd just, <laughs> I'd just ignore it and not even not even do it. Oh, so what is your your quintessential Nashville story? You know, everybody's got one. Like, what what was the moment for you where it kind of went, all right, I got to go? And then what's the story of you getting to Nashville to actually pursue the career that you're in now? Hmm. Well, let's see. I mean, there's a lot before Nashville. When was it? Okay, so you, you start making music in California about what age when you start actually performing and making some money and thinking, okay, maybe I could do something musically. Well, I had my first band at 14 and we played the Dixon Mayfair and, you know, it was like during, it was kind of like rock and roll, punkish, kind of like the rebellion from being, growing up singing Alan Jackson and George Strait and were you still doing some like Nirvana, any of the '90s rock we, stuff? We we uh, we did, you know, we, we were in the Leonard Skinner phase and like okay. you know some classic rock and Tom Petty, lots of Tom Petty. Um, all my friends jammed out to like Rage Against the Machine and Nirvana, and you know like Blink Blink One Eight Two and Green Day were huge at the time, and and uh, and I kind of took that one. When you ask the question, when you start like playing for real and kind of making tips and stuff, eighteen. But I was singing country again. But I had this like kind of fast rock and roll vibe to it. And then I went to a place called Chico, California, and it has a college there called Chico State, and it is like party down, good time. And formed a country band and learned and I had a mandolin player, and he kind of taught me a lot about bluegrass. And so we had this up about eighteen years old here. I was nineteen. Okay. 1920 basically that lasted 19 to 22 and then after that i moved to nashville and uh i was new on to moving nashville i took some trips out kind of you know realized that i should probably be 21 so i can get into the bars and <laughs> get not into eat, places you know yeah. like hang out and like get up and do a microphone you get there and there's still places you can play but back in 2008 you know even that way it may not i moved here with an atlas like i didn't have gps on my phone like it's still kind of it was it seems so like really did you you know, have a horse and a buggy? And it seems like <laughs> it's so long ago. It's been freaking years ago. Yeah, 
like what would you do without your GPS now? But there were, back in the day, we had maps, and uh, it was pretty easy. You know, three three highways. And <clears throat> what's that drive? What's that drive like? Three days. Yeah. Um, three days of, of of excitement. You know, I'm 22. I was excited, like I'm doing it. My mom was sad. My dad was like, "Go get a job," you know, like trying. To, he's such a worker. Um, but he, you know, my dad. Everybody pushed me to go to Nashville. You know, it's, they always said, it "Ain't gonna happen here," you know. And uh, so, saved up some money when I was working for my dad, and I got my dog and a PA system, and I drove to Nashville, found a place to live, and and was on the grind, you know, kind of hanging out and. You drove three days. Three, three and a half, I think. So you and your dog, you sleep in the truck, you stop at hotels that we accepted dogs? Mm, we'd, we'd, he'd stay in a truck because sometimes I'm sneaking him in, but we had, you know, he had guitars and stuff back there. And he, mm. like, he wasn't the dog that you wanted to open the camper shell. <laughs> like, you would want, like, he would bite you and he's scary. And uh, so he kind of, and he was fine staying in the truck. So, uh, how do you get a place to live? Like, if you're coming from California, Northern California or so, and you got to find a place to live. People, we came with a couple of trips that I've, I've come out, you know, like you can easily network and, and you know, kind of meet people. And I, and I just did that. And I, you know, I was excited. I'd live within, you know, when you're 22, you live in a, a, a bathroom, you know, if, if you had, if it was cheap enough to, you know, provide. And, and, and a lot of those people I don't even, I don't even talk to anymore. It's like that, that phase where it's just, you know, kind of starting at the bottom i mean the bottom learning learning the town learning learning how it was back in the day i mean it's totally different now you move here you're 22 you move in with a roommate or two yeah how do you start meaning if you get here you met a few people on some trips where you come check it out but how do you start making a life in music what's the first thing that you do well i i've had songs i've written in Northern California with my band called Northern Comfort. Shout out Northern Comfort. Uh, th- that were fun. They were upbeat. They were different, you know. And so I always had that in my back pocket. I never, like, really even shared that. But I just got mingle. I got a job as a lifeguard and uh, an after-school counselor that kind of helped me get by. And, um, and, 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 uh, I I gotta back up before really getting down to the nitty gritty of how uh, I survived in the long hair days. Um, so in my neighborhood, while I was living in a basement, <clears throat> there was a townhouse that you can get with no payment down in Nashville. Yeah, yeah. And my mom was like, she was like, I'll co-sign with you. It wasn't, you know, going from California to Nashville, that townhouse wasn't too bad, but it had like four rooms. In three, two and a half bathrooms, it's like I could totally rent this out, <laughs> and like I literally rented every room in the house. And I, I that was I was paying my mortgage, and I was playing, and I had my little lifeguarding job. But I, um, you know, through mingling basically, and kind of getting that one shot to get up there and play a song that, at the time, you know, everybody kind of liked, and it was fun, and you get like get up and play that song again. And uh, that kind of happened at a place called Losers. And that was kind of like my home. And I ended up playing, substituting, you know, if the guy couldn't make a gig, they'd call me, come play four hours. I knew a bunch of covers because we played in, in covers and we played for four hours in Northern California. Like we were, you know, we started at 10 and we ended at 2. 
So I was like, I can do that. You know, I can do that. So we just kind of did that for two years. And I, I landed through mingling and, and taking songs with publishers. And, and I knew Bart, my uh, co-producer now. I kind of knew him. And he <clears throat> would sometimes answer my phone calls. I always make that joke. <laughs> now he answers my phone calls. But he kind of set me up you know, with some people and, and, and just kind of climbed the ladder to this uh, old school way, like shaking hands. You know, I'm John. I, I, yeah, I'm a songwriter. Yeah, I kind of focused on songwriting. I didn't want to go play downtown. You I, didn't want to go play like Broadway where all the bars no, are, right? No, I was like, I did that. You know, I, I got that. I need to learn how to write. Like, what, how does Nashville write? How can I put, how can I fit into this, this system that, that they're, it's obviously, songwriters you know and really focused on that and got a publishing deal and then got some songs and you know had to show you know started doing we got enough songs for a showcase three showcases in i got signed by um capital records with handshake deal it was kind of like and it took a year to sign the contract which is 2011 we got signed and then they were like your first single comes out in 2012 so there's another year so two years, and I just kept writing and writing and writing and recording songs, doing demos, and kind of learning, learning, and then you know. Kinda... Well, I bet that felt like forever, though. Like from the moment that your handshake signed, you're excited, mm-hmm. and you got you wait two years yeah. for your first song to come out. I bet that was a, it felt like a slow two years to get that first thing out there. Well, I mean, we had a great booking agent, and, and we, so you're playing we, we had a lot of we had a lot I, I, through showcase. I found a band, and we had a van. And we learned the South, and there was a lot of places that we still talk about playing. And like uh, a lot of guys that are still, I see all the time that that gave us a shot because we could play covers. We could do this, you know. We could we could play for three hours, you know, with no problem. To me, throw in some originals, make eight hundred bucks, you know, max out your credit card, hop in a van and go, you know, in the van. It's great. That's why now why everybody's asked why is music in Nashville. Well, it's it's easy for a van to get around, really. When it comes down to, because back in the day, it was built for Cadillacs to get around. So, we, I mean, the van was really hard to keep up with a tour bus. Let me tell you, that was like play a show, get in a van, drive for five hours, sleep in a hotel, wake up early, go, keep, you know, trying to trying to catch up. But um, we were always playing. I was always writing. So it just and everything was new. You know, I wasn't from the south. I learned what college football was all about. Because back in the West, it's not as huge as it is here. Like, so I was learning all this stuff. I was making new friends, and and of course, you know, I had a record deal. But you know, one day it was always one day. It's still always one day. But uh, just kept on grinding and kept on believing. Still always one day. You're right about that. It's still always one day mm-hmm. for all of us. We yeah. I try to do a better job at now and not always looking for one day. One mm-hmm. well, one day this next thing's gonna happen. Yeah. One day this next, you know. I try, I really try to put myself in today. Mm. I think that's a struggle for me sometimes. Yeah. Uh, let me talk about Dollar Shave Club for one second. So no matter what you do in the bathroom to get ready, Dollar Shave Club has everything that you need to look, feel, and smell your best. They have amazing shower stuff, hair styling products, toothbrushes and toothpaste, and of course, razors, shave supplies. I love Dollar Shave Club. I do this uh, show for my house. And so all the Dollar Shave Club stuff is down in my bathroom, basically a museum. That's how I get ready. If you're not me, which I'm assuming you aren't, unless I'm listening back right now, and uh, hello to me, you have your own way to get ready. 
and uh, figure it out with Dollar Shave Club. And right now, you can get ready with an amazing deal on any one of the starter sets. I recommend the Daily Essential starter set because I love now, a lot of things. The you know the Amber Lavender Body Cleanser is good, but you can't go wrong with any of them. Head over to dollarshaveclub.com slash bones to pick up your own Dollar Shave Club starter set for just 5 bucks. After your starter set products are a regular price, get it going. Make sure you check out the new video, too. That's dollarshaveclub.com slash bones. Dollarshaveclub.com slash bones. I love it. I use it. Dollarshaveclub.com slash bones. All right. So let me, let's, let's do a little um, head over boots from, from John Party here before we get back into it. I mean, this is the one here. It kind of catapulted the next level. Yeah. This was the next leveler. This is the first one off the record, huh? Mm-hmm. This thing came out, and it was just like, oh, yeah. Well, I felt that the record sounded uh, sounded super uh, super forward while still being a country record. You mm-hmm. know, it wasn't one of these where you listen to and you go, oh, well, that's trying to be something new. You felt country, yeah. yet it sounded – you're using cool sounds. Mm-hmm. There's sounds that I think – Am I so to you sonically? What's this record about? Um, California Sunrise. You know, it was. I, I was. It was a kind of. This is where I am now, because I had a first record. I had four singles on the radio. My first record was called "Write You a Song," and we got up all night on the radio. We got to number ten, and that let me get my album out. And my first record. Literally, once it got on iTunes and people started listening to it, we we're selling out clubs. We we're selling out clubs. Is that right? With with we're we're out selling people with number ones, but and then you know it, it was just kind of fun, and and you got that that crowd singing back with songs that were just on the on the record, you know, and 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 it's still to this day we play songs of that first record. But four years <clears throat> being on radio tour, you know, two thousand twelve January. Miss New Crazy comes out. Yeah. Oh, we got this it already. Guy, this guy's got it. No, no, this we got, got it. it. We, we got the whole story down. <laughs> then Up All Night. And that was in 2014. I hear a little Up All Night. This is, this is a jam, too. I'm going to come back to this, but... Yeah, this is one... When I moved to town, I think this had... had lived its life and had gone away, mm-hmm. but was still one... That people were kind of in love with still. Yeah. This is one. This is one. Turn it up a little bit. That's a good one. You still like that one? Yeah, we play it. We still play it. I still like what I can't put down. That was right. That was right before up all night, and and I was like, this is it. This is the one. You know, but it just it didn't you know test well and. It, People played it, but it got to 33, and then we put up on I know, and uh, we got to put the album out. And which is a big deal because you have to have some momentum in that single yeah. for them to go, okay, we'll now put some money behind a, yeah. a full album. And it was a full album, had 11 songs on it, and it, it changed the van life basically. And so, but what my point is of California Sunrise, there's four years of writing. And being on the radio, regardless of what, you know, I still was always top 40 because I still have believers in country radio, no, no matter how high, what failures, whatever. It, I still be- believe like we got in the label was always like, 
it's not a, a race. It's a, it's a marathon. You know, you got to take your time and like, just keep doing what you're doing. Do you and believe it, that when it's happening? Um, you know, I never really got too worked up about it because, you know, if you did listen to what I was doing, it was kind of, it was kind of different, you know, it was country, but it was upbeat, but it was country. And, um, I kind of came into my own, like I was still growing up. I was only, I got signed at 26 and I, I, I don't even know, I don't even know. I don't remember, but I was still growing up as like a, into a, a young man, into a man. And I got to do that with the record label and kind of un, under the radar, you know, not, not like just boom, here I am world. I kind of got to learn it all and, and, and not be like the, you know, the headliner, you know, where it's just like, cause you know, sometimes it's like, boom, I'm here. And it wasn't like that for me. And then I kind of became this, you know, this is, this is who I am when California sunrise came out. And I, I, I had friends on the work the radio friends that listened to my music, people that gave me great advice and all that just through hard work, and what California Sunrise with me is like, this is what I, this is the new take on that four years of radio touring, country fiddle, steel, you know, all the stuff I, I love, and it was just at that point. I remember uh, you posted an Instagram video probably two years ago, and it was at a festival, and the entire crowd was singing "Head Over Boots." I remember messaging you going, "Good God, like it's a, this is amazing." Like the, they were singing all of it. Watershed. It was watershed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, in George, comma Washington. Yeah, and it was Go, the gorge. Yeah, the gorge. I probably spelled it wrong. I'm so excited. Is it gorge, not George? No, it's the gorge. I've played that. Well, I played watershed. I, I always thought it was George Washington. I thought it was the gorge in George. I mean, it's cooler, George Washington. I always thought that was the thing. I was like, named George Washington. <laughs> no, Did gorge. you ever think that, my dear? No, I, I thought it was the gorge. Oh, it is called yeah. the gorge. I thought it was the gorge in George. Anyway, I'm an idiot. But moving on, I remember watching that video and going, oh, this has now arrived on kind of a macro level. Mm-hmm. Not, it's not just a song that is cool and is going to come and go. Like, it's still the one. When you have a whole 30, 30 40,000 people singing every word of the yeah. Give me some of that again. I mean, the whole crowd was out of their minds singing this song bonkers. Mm-hmm. It was fun. That was, the, that was the first. That was probably one of the most surreal, like, wow, this is the first, you know. You kind of get emotional and stuff, and it was that was that was really cool. And uh, I always rem- I always remember that because that specifically <laughs> here we go with them words. <laughs> but that slot um, was uh, we finally got you know a little later on, and like Merle Haggard was supposed to play either I think right in front of me or right behind me. I don't know. It was like you know, but. He passed like two months before, and then Bing came out and played before us, and it was like kind of crazy that, that like with that moment, <clears throat> and Merle Hag was you know going to play right for me, which probably would have been like, no, Merle's not playing before me, but it was like he just passed, and it was it's one of those things like, dang, you know, uh, from that crowd and that kind of just that introspective me and Merle would play together, and it didn't happen, you know, uh, it's one of the moments I'll never forget. Yeah, it's a good one. Just watching it, so that that hits, and then it was like, all right, what's happening next with John Party? He had head over boots. Surely he's not going to put another song with boots in it. And then, boy, did you ever! <laughs> yeah. I mean, and, and you raised it. I mean, you saw boots, and you raised it funkier boots, man. Yeah. What's that conversation like? Where you go, all right, we got another song that we love, but it's named basically the same thing. What do we do? Is is that a room conversation where everybody's sitting around? 
Um, well, I, I, you know, I, I research a lot. I, I you know, I, I listen, you know, iTunes is great because they have like, <clears throat> they have, you know, things like playlists of like, they, you know, new you know, artists from all top of the levels. And, you know, I'm always like listening and stuff. And, and so like, I, I, I do pay attention and, and I pointed out that Keith Urban had two, yeah, at that year he had cop car and then somewhere in my car. And I was like, well, this is another car song. I put another boot song out, you know. And my favorite was the president of, of Universal, Mike Duncan, was like, you know, I don't care about back-to-back boot songs. I care about back-to-back hits. That's literally what he said. And I was like, all right, put it out, <laughs> you know. Uh, I, I always say to everybody who asks me, it's like, I wear boots all the time. I'm wearing boots right now. So it's not, it's not like something that it is a, just a thing, you know. I, I have a lot of boots. Look at that. Two boot songs in a row. Mm-hmm. In a, look at that. Hit after hit. You start. So when did you go from the van to the tour bus? That's a big step in, in the life. Because the tour bus is expensive. Yeah, well, is it, they're still expensive. Two of them are really expensive. Oh, you got two now? Mm-hmm. Wow, like mm-hmm. humble brag right there. Oh, it's so expensive. I got two. <laughs> it you really is. Two. It really yeah. is. <laughs> humble yeah, brag. Yeah, yeah. Uh, no, we up, at the end of the year, when Up All Night was was peaked and we we started going in and we started selling records and, and kind of selling out clubs we got our bus uh, and it was fun you know what the rap is on you is that and we have uh similar team members mm-hmm. so we, we have people that are close to us and they're, that work together and they're like man that john party is one of the hardest working guys like that is what you're known for mm-hmm. and that's cool i think it's cool because it that's what I'm known for. Just work. That's all you do. Which, but it, it, for me, like I, just, I see the effort, and I go, man, like a lot of respect. You grind. Well, you thanks. grind. You grind. And I say this as respectful as possible. Like you grind hard, and then you post a picture of your girlfriend's butt on Instagram. <laughs> hey, it's 2018. <laughs> <laughs> you do. I, I, I mean that in, in all sincerity. Like you, you know, from one guy who just grinds it out. Yeah, I think you grind with more talent than I have. But you grind it, man. You you go hard, and and that's what everybody. That's the story. People love you, and they go, man. We just root for him because he works so hard. He's one of these guys that doesn't take anything for granted, and and you know puts it all out there. I try not to have to. You know, it's kind of like what you see is what you get, and from Instagram to songs and to working hard, it's it's all about how I was raised and and uh, things I enjoy. You know, and <clears throat> I I think. The more honest you the more honest you are with fans these days, <clears throat> with social media and everything, is the more that you're they're gonna know that like this guy's real. I mean, this, this you know, I love like in summer it was funny about the whole butt thing. I was like, by the way, John posted a picture of his. <clears throat> we, we, we we almost broke the internet. I was scrolling through my pictures, right? I'm on my, I'm, I'm hitting, I'm scrolling. And I see like a thong butt, and I'm like, "What? Which one of my friends? Because po- I don't follow any thong butt accounts." And I was like, "Which one of my friends posted?" Th- I was like, "John posted a picture of his girlfriend's." And I was like, "Holy crap! That is John's girlfriend's butt, like right up on the camera." So she's laying uh, tanning in a bikini. Yeah. And do you say, "Hey, I'm gonna take a picture of your butt and post it online"? No, I was like, "Hey, it's cool if I post it." They're like, "Yeah." We might have had a little bit of vodka at the time, but it's all right. We had a day off. We were we're. We were just chilling at the pool. I mean, that's not my fault. The, the new high cut ba- bikinis are so in style. I mean, you didn't make the bikini. You I don't, you don't I set the trends. I'm not setting the trends. No, not yeah. at all. Did so the internet starts to go boom, 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 boom. All the hits. You get any text from your buddies or anybody at the label going, "What are you doing posting butts on your Instagram?" 
No, actually, we got a lot of likes. Yeah, from, I bet from, you from did. From people at the, from everywhere, management, and, 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 and the, the only thing my manager was like, "Well, don't comment back." You know, I'm, I'm like, whatever. I was just messing with people, but you know, there's, you know, regardless of what you're gonna do, there's always gonna be some negativity. But there was there was a lot of like, <laughs> some were go through comments, and I, I, our favorite was. Wish my husband posts picture of my butt on Instagram. Yeah, that's true. <clears throat> and obviously, you know, I got a girl. I got a girlfriend now. She's got a great butt. Like here it is. I'm not lying. That's you know? right. You're being honest, honest it's, with the people. How's that going, by the way? How's your girlfriend? She's great. Yeah. I mean, it's it's the first time that you realize you you found somebody great. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's a tough. That's a tough thing for a man to be like. I could be good when you when you're so used to being bad. But I've been. Super respectful to her, and, and we we don't fight, and we do everything together, and we talk about things. Now, that's a big thing to talk about things. To talk about things, yeah. and it, it, it's never on a high level. It's always on a, a very even, even and like calm because she's so calm, and uh, it's been an eye opener for me. So uh, we have fun, and we live it to the fullest, and and you know we we like to we don't argue about things. We like the same things. We're both from California, and out west you know it's just it's a whole different kind of thing out there and but i love the south too so it's kind of like i said i grew up here too so there's both both worlds you know it's funny about northern california because i spend a good amount of time i'm actually going up there this weekend i'm doing two comedy shows one in sacramento one in bakersfield and so i spend a good amount of time in northern california but it's probably the closest thing to the south in form of people Mm -hmm. the people are very similar and i think that's why that I have embraced them and they have embraced me yeah. so much because it, the sensibilities are very similar. Mm-hmm. Uh, they love country too. They love country music, but they're, they're real people. And Southern California is tough for me. Yeah. I'm not a big Los Angeles guy. Everything feels a little plastic to me. It's it, a good place to visit. It, the weather's good and I, get, I also get car sick. Like, I get, yeah. I like Northern California though. Like the people, get out and, there's some hospitality there. Maybe, yeah. maybe that's what it is. Everybody's just so hospitable. It, it, they're really hard workers out there, and uh, most of my 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 friends in the towns that you know, my mom lives in, and she's from Winters. My dad's from Dixon. It's two small towns that are right next to each other. Most of all my friends got a job, and they're working hard, and and they're struggling just to find a house because real estate is so higher out there, and and it's just, but they're still working and they work hard and they and they chase their dreams, and uh, I feel like. Like any, you know, that blue collar redneck, you know, not even, you don't have to be a redneck, you can work at a bank. I don't know. It's still like in all involved in that area is, it's like, let's, you know, go get it, you know? And I feel like the South is a lot like that too. And, and, and there's nice people. And, and, uh, the only thing with Nashville now is, it's like, you get spoiled here with food. So good food. Yeah, it's too good of food. You go back, you go back home and like, where are we going? Applebee's? <laughs> like you know, but there's some great there's some great local restaurants yeah. that I I go to back home too. I'm not saying, but it's funny because back in the day when I moved to Nashville, it was like the Longhorn Roots Chris was we were going out. You know that was we were going. There wasn't you know Kane Prime or Jeff Ruby's or like all these like independent restaurants and stuff. So uh, I don't know how I'm talking about restaurants, but I used to go to a place called Bonanza in um, Hot Springs, Arkansas. That was town. I was from Mountain Pine. Seven hundred mm-hmm. people. We had to go to town to get town stuff, yeah. like Walmart and Bonanza. Let's mm-hmm. go a place called Bonanza. And the art of the salad bar, I feel, has been lost a bit lately at, at nice restaurants. They have the greatest salad bar. I crush a salad bar. Hey, when I moved to Nashville, if you would have asked me 
what what's your idea of a, a great night and a great restaurant? Olive Garden all day, dude. You're not I, joking. I still go to Olive Garden. Me too. Uh, soup is. I, well, I think my car got busted into a Memphis Olive Garden like eight months ago, but I stopped Olive Garden. I wanted it so bad. Hey, the the, the salad, soup and salad, mm. the bread rolls. Everything's good at Olive Garden. I think too. The I, things, I had my 21st birthday dinner at Olive Garden. At Olive I think the things that we liked <laughs> and that we found were special when we were growing up are still special to us. Yeah. For example, it was simple. I mean, it's simple stuff, you know. It, but it was great. Uh, Red Lobster to me, once a year, my family, uh, you know, grew up poor family. We we went to town to have one dinner a year, mm-hmm. and it was at Red Lobster every year. And because of that, I still drive out Red Lobster and go, I love that place. That's awesome. J- just because of that, that was, that was that's a special place for mm-hmm. me. And so I still go by. I think same thing with Olive Garden. Like, I really don't even know how good Olive Garden is anymore because I still go and I just enjoy it because of what it used to taste like. I don't know if it tastes good anymore if I went into it today. It's still pretty good. I mean, I still eat it today, <laughs> but I wouldn't know if, it was, if I walked hey, in for could, the first time today if I could Postmates it. it. You can Postmates now. You can just have it come, come to the house. That's true. You can Postmates some Olive Garden. Uh, we'll talk about LifeLock for just one second. Always got to be careful. Sometimes you can be careful and you still get hit. Now there's something called crypto jacking. Which it may it sounds kind of fun until you actually uh, learn what it is. Cyber thieves are getting access to personal computers with these malicious emails or even simple browsing using special programs. It's all about things I don't even understand. So many threats in today's connected world, and it takes just one weak link for criminals to get in. But that's why I have da 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 LifeLock. That's right, new LifeLock identity theft protection as the power of Norton Security. To help protect you against threats to your identity and your devices that you can't easily see or fix on your own. If you have a problem, their agents will work to fix it. No one can stop every cyber threat, prevent all identity theft, or monitor transactions, all businesses. But, as I've been saying, new LifeLock with Norton Security can see threats you might miss on your own. LifeLock.com or call 1-800-LIFELOCK. Use the promo code BONES for an extra 10% off your first year for a $25 Amazon gift card with annual enrollment. Promo code BONES. Terms apply. Okay, so... I want to bring up this story about you getting I, that I didn't know. Um, I felt like I knew everything about you already. I'm a stalker, big John Party fan. My man. Yeah. But I know you got stabbed. Uh huh. In the in the belly. Yeah. Five times. Oh, I didn't see. I didn't even know it was five times. So you're, you're at a you're at a, like a bar. No, I was 18. So these the the first two are just slices on the arm. But where, okay, so where were you? I was out in the country, and I was at my one of my best friends, and we were at two towns that were not rivals we just you know you always kind of have bad kids in in your town man there's always the guys that always get in trouble or fight you know and uh in this town and i won't name towns or anything um he got jumped by my hometown by guys i didn't even know but he found out that i was from my hometown and you know i'm we had a great time at this party. I met a bunch of new people, and we were high. You know, oh, it's nice to meet you. We gotta go. We we're leaving, and uh, he was waiting outside for me. And he was like, had me pinned out, and I was walking back to the to the car. And he came up and asked me where I was from, and I told him where I was from. I said yes, he, you know, and he popped me in the mouth, knocked me down with his fist. Yeah, busted my lip. I got back up and I started, you know, I started fighting him, you know, and it wasn't. He said he got scared and pulled a knife out, but he started to fight, you know, and, and, 
I ended up with losing that fight. You know, you, can, you know, you're just swinging. You know, I'm not like a trained karate man or something. You know, I was just swinging. I just, you know, it's, you know, you, that adrenaline at 18 is like ah. And then I didn't even know I got stabbed. And um, my buddy came and broke up the fight and pushed me back in his hands full of blood. And then that was like the beginning of the ride to the hospital. So what happens? So we're in the country, and my my. My buddy, he's now a firefighter paramedic, but he was always trying to be a firefighter paramedic. So he's like, I'll drive. We're going to the hospital. So he's like, he knew the back roads. So we're like screaming down these back roads. Girls are screaming and crying, calling nurses. And like, so the nurse through the phone was like, you know, compressing the wounds, took my shirt off, blood everywhere. You got stabbed what part of your belly? Uh, 11, 11 inches across the center. Oh, he stuck it and then yeah. went across. And then I got two right on the, the left side. Wow. So you're bleeding pretty hard. Yeah, no, we were bleeding, and we were bleeding. Um, the first hospital we stopped at didn't have emergency room. Was it like an animal hospital? What no, it have hurts. At the time, they didn't have emergency room. So we had to drive, I don't know, 15 miles to UC Davis, and we got there, and they didn't even know what to do. I mean, they had, like, you... There's not ever a feeling you want to go through when you're like going into like the sports ER and like there's a guy in a football pad, like busted arm and like, you know, hold hold. It was kind of very calm injuries. And we like busted through the door, like, ah! you know, like, he's dead. He's, it's just blood everywhere. Like, I couldn't imagine being in the lobby and be like, oh my God, like this guy comes in here. <laughs> there's blood everywhere. Um, and so they kind of, did some tests on me like for visual and like asking me like you know they wanted me to pee and try to see if there was blood in the urine to kind of see if it got any internal organs and i couldn't pee i mean she was kind of a cute nurse and i was was, like she's just sitting there like pee and i'm like i can't pee right now like stop it stop i'll be fine uh, and so they sent me off Sacramento in ambulance and, uh, man, I was, it's, and then, you know, going from that, like kind of sports and you're not saying that they always get, anybody will get bad things in the ER, but when you got to a big city like Sacramento, man, there it was, people were shot. One girl was to the side of me, got chopped up by a bow propeller. One girl's just grabs a curtain says, help me. How mad? It was like literally, like I was in, I was in, like this is where it goes down, like what you see on, you know, drama hospital movies <laughs> or you know television shows, and uh, and the doctor was like, oh, another stab victim, you know, and he like put his glove on, put like put his fingers inside of my wounds, and and just kind of felt muscle. He knew you couldn't like feel any of my organs, and uh, they stitched me up, and then the next day I was out, and I had to have a nurse come to the house. And pack my, we stitched them an inch apart. So we'd pack alcohol gauze down in the wound so it grew from the bottom up. So, you know, you didn't just have a big hole inside your your stomach. So we had to pack wounds for, uh, I don't know, it was a long time ago. But What'd uh, you ever do to that dude or get, whatever happened to that dude? Um... They jump. You know, they jump I, him back? No. He, still, he, still happening in town? They're still pay, jumping <laughs> each other every month? Um... You know, he uh, he got away with. He has a felony, and he got away with um, assault with a deadly weapon, a deadly weapon, and uh, t- 
two years later, you know, I was I needed some money, and there was uh, some he he had got a job. And he offered to pay the restitution, and uh, in all realness, like he looked at me like he messed up. Like that's I didn't talk to him, but you know, it was just kind of that moment because I'm like you know I, we're all young, you know I. I'm just thankful to be alive, basically, and not peeing out of a bag for the rest of my life, you know, because there was that option, and uh, I don't know. That's what Wait, they, what's that option? I don't know. Peeing out of the bag option? Well, you got to get cut, you get cut, cut right, you know, in your, your center and your all your organs. I don't know. Uh-huh. That, that's, that's, that's what somebody told me, but that may not even be true. But regardless, I survived. I didn't die. Nothing really bad happened. I got big scars across my stomach, um, and I was, you know. I was getting ready to move to Nashville, you know, like that, that would help out with the whole move, you know? And, uh, he, he paid me like, I don't know, eight or nine grand. And, and, uh, I, wow. got, I got to keep it. And he got, he got to live life with a felony, which isn't easy. And, uh, but I didn't, you know, it was no, I think we both moved on and he's looking for better things, you know? And that guy's name is Dirks Bentley. <laughs> and that's how I met Dirks Bentley. <laughs> and that's the rest of the story. Uh, but yeah, that, you know, and... Uh, how about that? That's crazy, huh? It happens happens to a lot of people around the, around the world, you know, and, and you always think, man, it never happened to me. But it, it, it sneaks up on you. So what are you doing right now musically? Are you, are you creating music? I know you're writing. Like, well, what happens right now? You know, you got the last single on the record that's on the radio now, and, mm-hmm. and you're looking forward to a new record next year. Do you have some songs already recorded? Do you have work? T- like, where are you now in the process? I have 18 songs recorded. Well, you recorded like fully, fully, yeah, full studio recorded. Studio recorded. You could, if you wanted to, you could play that album this week. If I wanted to, no, I have to sing vocals, and it's been hard with touring and allergies and phlegm and stuff. So they're all tracked. So that all this, all the songs are down. The musicians have recorded that you just haven't sang on them yet. I sang on some. But uh, we're, you know, we're we're gonna have to windle them down. We're still, still writing, you know, still, you know, looking, still kind of trying to see what the next move is. But we're taking our time because we have time, and there's no need to rush if we don't need to rush. But our goal is to get, you know, it all kind of figured out by January, February. That way we get we turn it into the label and like, hey, we really could use like a June, you know, release date and, and kind of say like we're ready. They any good or not? They're great. Yeah, they're great. Feel good about them? It's yeah. I mean, I feel it's kind. You know, it, it's 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 a little more countryer, it, but it's it's upbeat, and and that's the thing. It, it's 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 still the same, but it's it's just a little countryer. What are people gonna say when they hear the record? They'll be like, "Oh, this new John Party album." We'll just call it right now, uh, John Party's birthday. This new mm. John Party birthday album. It's it's blank. Whenever they finally get to hear the new stuff, they're going to say, well, it's blank. They're going to say it's fun and it's country and it's different. Um, I feel like as an artist, like John Mayer just posted, he just posted something oh, about songwriting. Yeah. It was great. You, you know, and pull, I was reading it too right before we came on. You may read it. It was great. And it was talking about doing your own thing and being you. Cause that's what people want to remember you for. It was something in that. I don't know. Yeah. It was a reminder that he posted to himself, it says, songwriting reminders to myself. This is from John Mayer's Instagram. Be brave. You're not here to line up behind what's cool. You're here to share what you truly love, even if people aren't into it at the moment. Walk alone and gather a line behind you. 
That's pretty cool. Yeah. He said, sing real words, even if they're nonsense. They usually hold subconscious truths. Number three, write lyrics in total silence for at least 20 minutes a day. If you're cool, your beats are cool, everyone is beat shy. I felt like you had some real, I, I think, uh, the rhythm on your California Sunrise, mm-hmm. super strong. There's lots of rhythm on next week. A lot. Mm. More so, I think, than a lot of people would have expected out of a John Party record. I I'm think, all about grooving. Yeah. It's, it's got a groove. I love, I mean, I, I can play the drums. I'm not good, but... It, you know, I, I still feel like that inner drummer, whenever you get a good beat by a great drummer, you're like, your lip rises up and you want to go, oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, like, um, but this, when I saw this today, all, you know, all my kind of like, you know, it's hard being traditional, but this record is, is upbeat and it, and it, it, it's in a different, like, it, it goes to number one on, John Mayer's Instagram. Be brave. You're not here to line up behind what's cool. You're here to share what you truly love, even if people aren't into it at the moment. Walk alone and gather a line behind you. When I read that, I was like, ah, I needed that. Thanks, Brother John. Yeah, isn't it too, whenever you have like-minded people, I, I find this with one of, my, one of my friends who does radio and television, that whenever you share your insecurities, and even we'll call them problems with what you do, that they often relate, and you go, oh, I'm not alone. Mm. Like I would like that walk alone and gather a line behind you. I would got I would have to think someone like you, who you definitely have your own style. At times you get to be like, boy, this is a, it's kind of a risk. Mm. But walk alone and gather a line behind you, which John Mayer wrote. I would think you would relate to that a bit. Yeah, and and, and this record's, you know, it's more country, but we're never not thinking about being played on the radio. Like there's some, you know, like I'm just gonna do my own thing, you know. I don't need the radio, blah blah. Or like they, I've, I've just heard that too many times. It's like, no, my dream was to always be played on the radio, but I have to be me. You know, I have to. You kind of have to meet that best of both worlds, where you can say, "This is it. This is the one that that, that I want to hear on the radio." Who do you call if you're like, man, I'm, I'm struggling artist wise? You're an artist, mm-hmm. like, man. I'm, let me let me ask for some advice. Who, what artist would you call that's kind of taking you under the wing or you've grown up with in Nashville where you could actually lean on them for advice? Um, Dirk Bentley, Luke Bryan. I mean, Thomas Rhett's really great because, you know, he's he's a guy that, that figured, you know, he had started out with like that kind of redneck rock and stuff and then he kind of changed his whole world into this whole kind of almost JT a little bit, but you know, and he's doing great, but like, he's still a huge fan of my music. And like we wrote together and we, we just kind of hung out and tried to write a song. We got a verse in the course and, and we just kind of talked about where we were, you know, cause me and Thomas went way back. We played acoustic together, both had long hair and, uh, it, you know, it's just those moments that are like our release, you know? And I haven't really, you know, I've had great, a lot of my label, I'll ask for for advice from, and then of course Dirks and, and Luke and everybody. But um, I spend a lot of time just figuring it out, you know. And then Instagram stuff like that's my favorite. Like when I saw when it, it was really awesome, and actually Jaron Jaron Johnson, he's he I follow John and, and Jaron. He posted he reposted it, and I started. I was like, oh my god, this is great. And um, so there's a lot of things that you kind of remember. And I think that that post is something that thing will always kind of be burned in my brain. It's vulnerable. Luke Luke told me a great line back in the day, and it was right when uh, 
some something didn't work out and and he told me the longer it takes the more time you get to figure it out i was like that that's that's pretty good you know and uh, i kind of kept that with me and, and figured it out that's another guy too who is as country as could possibly be mm-hmm. yet is able to do some really progressive stuff yeah and nobody really questions how country he is and mm-hmm. they shouldn't because he is yeah you know, he's able to really be on both sides of it. Mm-hmm. Like, he he is who he is. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's I see a lot of you in that. Well, I mean, he, he's hunting, fishing, loving every day, man. He and that, is. That, but that's Luke. That is, he and he's always fishing. He's always doing something on tour. And he, he's working. He's a workaholic, too. I mean, he he has to work. I, I, he's, that's why I made $56 million last year. He's doing good. Fifty six. I spent a much time with Luke. He's no different Luke now than it was three years ago. Still goes the the fly rods and, yeah, and fishing man. trips. Look at that. I don't even know. I don't even know. It's it's fun to watch you kind of, you know, take take control of this thing, and you never really have control. But like you're freaking John Party now. When I met you, you were John Party. Mm-hmm. This is other people. You've always been you. Yeah. But now you walk in a room, people are like freaking John Party. That's it, cool, man. It's cool. Yeah, I, I love it. I, I just uh, I respect what you do. I'm always looking for the next move, and and, and it has been stressful. It has been stressful just with the time being on tour, not having new new music to play, and and having a bunch of songs and not being done with that batch to really start carving in your your final track list. And so we're not there yet, and that that's it's very stressful. But this week, you know. Painting the deck, organizing the tools, getting the pressure washer out, mowing the lawns, and just kind of doing that has really just kind of really helped. And and, and the reason I, I kind of just give that advice to anybody is like I picked up the guitar today and I had that feeling of like, man, I miss just playing the guitar by myself, you know, and just... And sometimes you lose that when you pick it up every night and you, you get in, you sing your songs every night and you come back and you're tired and you got to do it all over again. So it's really good to put it down and just remember that that's a special bond that you have with that guitar and songwriting. And that's, that's that magic that I felt it again today. And it was awesome. Look at us. We've done an hour sitting here talking. It's very soulful. That was a soulful hour. Just how we ended it on such a poignant note. <laughs> poignant uh, party. Hey, I, I, I can get down. I can get down. I have no doubt. Uh, I'm not afraid to uh, do some self-healing and, and talk about things. Because I feel like, yeah, you know, Summer's another person that taught me, like, we really have to talk about things. Because, uh, you know, going from being single maniac, single artist to, you know, trying to make things work you know there's honesty and talking about things and she's she's really showed me a lot so that's good man you know she'll be listening look at you look at you self-healing i did some stuff i went to uh on-site you know that place you ever heard of that place Mm-mm. like a little therapy camp uh-huh self-healed self-healed yeah they don't oh. let they don't let yourself love though i think it's against the rules uh. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> walked out six feet taller feeling yeah. great yeah. <laughs> yeah i did feel good four days i didn't no riding no anything i just mm-hmm. went and did like therapy but it was the same thing i was like i didn't write anything while i was there mm-hmm. i'd have a phone they took my phone took my computer yeah no tv and so you do all this and you go back like oh man i forget how much i actually enjoy like creating things yeah it's a good good break well listen my friend i uh, can't wait to you know we'll do this again whenever you got some new stuff at night shift now i'm here a little more this night shift uh one of my friends co-writer of this song topher yeah yeah he's proud of this i love this song <laughs> it's a great song it's a jam 
We're getting ready to shoot the music video. Are you? Mm-hmm. At night? At night. Yeah, you better. Downtown Nashville. Look out. All right, at uh, John Party Picks. That's, is that the name? Yeah, at John Party Picks. John uh, P-I-C-S, like John Party Pictures. Is that what the yeah. inspiration? Yeah. I, I, should, I should change that, but at the time I thought it was cool. Yeah. You know, being new to Instagram, who, like, back... It was like when Instagram kind of first started. Who knew what it was going to be like, but it was fun, and I don't know. Who knew you'd be posting a thong butt? <laughs> <laughs> hey, yeah. there is so much booty on Instagram that that, <laughs> that should not be an issue. <laughs> All right, John Party, good to see you, my friend. All right, everybody, and, uh, thank what, you. What episode is this? 136. Mike? 136. Everybody, no, no, I, this, I only record this, let's do it back myself. No uh, one else hears this, just me. Hey, I've, I've had a lot of friends and people in the business truly say that they really enjoy your podcast oh thanks. i was excited to i i forgot because i was working i forgot to text you that i was excited about coming oh, over here but i was i was covered in brown paint all right uh, episode 136 thank you very much we'll see you next time